Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick. Everyone, Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 310 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. And this episode is sponsored by Jennifer Valley. Thanks, Jennifer! Thank you, Jennifer! Jennifer, you rule. Today, we will be discussing part three. Ding! Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, chapter I haven't four. had the responsibility. I'm sorry. That's why I handed it to you. I know. You're rusty. Of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, the seven... Potters. So make sure that you have read the chapter and you're ready to ding your way through the details. I think the three and the seven is which way I put that. Okay. All it's right. been a minute. It's been a minute. Before we begin, we have very, very, very important and timely for our current listeners up to date. Weekly profit news with Meg's Mouse Tales. Yeah, but also we have to tell people that Lori's here again. I'm here. Oh, yeah. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> It was just why don't we have Lori saying and I'm Lori? Why are you such a Ron okay, Burgundy? Next, next time she's on, we'll just Read add her to the welcome. Yeah, for those episodes. I'm reading the prompter. It's not you. It's me. Lori's welcome, like, welcome, is anyone Lori. gonna say I'm Lori's here? back? I am back. Hi, I'm Lori. Oh. <laughs> How do you feel about being back? <laughs> I'm so excited right to now. talk about this chapter. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. I love this chapter so much. It's a good, it's a good one. one. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Called it. All right. Ooh, the glare. So, weekly profit news is that we are excited to announce that we are doing a live podcast at the Ironton Wizard Fest Woo! this November. Um, on November 11th, I should double check that date i think that's correct though right Pretty that's sure the saturday right. <laughs> i'll check it i'll check it. uh saturday november 11th at 2 p.m um and we're super excited and we hope that we see a lot of you there i know mm-hmm. chris rankin's gonna be there yes that's exciting and then also katie and i were um guests on a podcast called two lawyers and a doctor mm-hmm and they are doing a live podcast as well. Oh, oh no way. Nice. Um, so that's going to be fun. Thank you, Mia, for dropping the link. Yes, it's Ironton Wizard Fest. It's in Ohio. It's like way, way, way down south Ohio. It's basically Kentucky. It's, yeah, it's Next to Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. Like, it is like on the <laughs> Ohio River. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm super excited. And it is the 11th. That is correct. Um, and we'll be hanging out at the fest yes, that yeah. day, too. That day, yeah. So. What's the... Uh, the the actor who played Goyle, uh, Josh Herdman, he's there as well. Yeah, yeah. I saw him hanging at a pool. Yeah, he, he went. He that. was at LeakyCon Orlando. He was he was a funny guy. Yeah, so he'll be there as well. Yeah. So yeah. come out, say hello. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be fun. We've been there before, but not as like like we didn't 
we just swished there. We just attended. <laughs> but even as attendees, it, it was great. It was fun. Yeah. It, they have a wizard ball on Saturday night mm-hmm. that includes like dinner and stuff. That was and good food. It, it was, was good. good food. Yeah. And um, like a lot of really cool vendors, like a ton of vendors. It's really, really fun. Yeah, so we spent too much money. It was great. recommend. Yeah. I mean, you just can't get any better than like handmade stuff. Right. Yeah. I love all the stuff there. Uh, so make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends, because if you like us, they may too. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick Podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Swish Flick Cast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Swish Flick Cast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and gives access to our exclusive Felix Files episodes, our Discord channel, live recordings, trivia games, Swish swag boxes, and more. Thank you all so much for your support. <clears throat> Send Potter stories or any fun things, questions, or concerns to our email, which is swishflickcast at gmail.com. Thank you. I could feel that happening, so I was like, I could just hear roll it happening. It. She yeah. just turned into that frog from that story in your class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, fun fact, we read two stories um, during phonics yesterday, which is basically just, like, decodable stories where you can tap the sounds out, oh, and they're cool. easy to read. So, Meg was one, because that's an easy word to tap. And then Tiff was also one, because we're learning about bonus letters. So, Tiff has two S. So, yeah. <laughs> and Meg was a frog. I love it. I was a little blonde girl. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> Much like real life right now. Oh, man. Katie! It's time for the recap! I love how quickly you just went into that. I know. It's beautiful. It sounded froggy as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's Rub the it. theme of today. All right. Harry has to come, had to come to terms with the fact that six other people were going to be taking Polyjuice Potion that he handed over his hairs for. How dare he and pose it. I got it. What? Oh, wait. Never mind. What? (laughs) What? What just happened? You said, how dare he? And then I heard hair in my head and I thought you were making a bad dad joke and then i was like wait that doesn't make sense i love that's that's such a part of my personality uh, that you just assumed it was happening that's an honor to me thank you i'm oh done <laughs> uh, as brandon said he's now not as harry potter thank you for filling in that dad hairy. joke gap yeah oh um, Couple hairs less Just hairy. Just a couple hairs less hairy. Oh gosh! Uh, I had a teacher in high school. If he got a haircut, he'd be like, "Oh, did you get your haircut?" He'd be like, "A few." <laughs> a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Harry's not happy about it, but they go about carrying out the modified plan, only to be ambushed, and we sadly have to say goodbye to our fine feathered white owl friend, Hedwig. I'm reading through my summary and seeing how many times I literally say Hagrid, and it's annoying me, so I'm sorry. Um, 
Harry's begging Hagrid to go back to help the others, but Hagrid says that's not his mission. He needs to get Harry to safety. Hagrid uses some of his fancy magic buttons, but the Death Eaters are aiming to kill Hagrid. The sidecar gets blasted off, and Harry does some quick thinking with a swish and a flick. Hagrid grabs Harry to get him on the bike, and they keep going to get away. Harry stuns and expelliarmuses the Death Eaters, but that gives them the clue that he's the real deal. And then we see Voldy flying, and Harry literally falls to safety. Five just times. in time. Five times. Five times. Yeah. Should go him seven. Could have been worse. I should have tried to make it seven. You're right. Yeah, that was kind of foolish. <laughs> Hagrid gets hit. Hagrid goes down. And Hagrid falls. Ding. There we go. Okay. Um... This is sad. <laughs> As I laugh. We, yeah. It's the only way we get through it. Okay. So, everything's going crazy, right? And Harry, being the guy that he is, is yelling at Hagrid. Eight. No. <laughs> we have to go back. They have to go back and help the others. Yeah, you said that, and I thought, does he mean to go help the others? It didn't seem that well thought out to me. It seemed like he was just screaming, let's go back. Yeah. Like, in general. Like, yeah, he wants an undo button. Yeah. (laughs) You don't get those in life, unfortunately. But yeah, that's definitely not anything that's well thought out. That is a gut reaction of somebody who wants to save loved ones. But, um... You can't. So, as he is saying this, he's shoving Hedwig's cage onto the floor of the sidecar. And he's pretty much refusing to actually believe that Hedwig is dead. Well, if he thinks about it too much, he's not going to be able to, like, survive right now. Yeah. Yeah. The author literally says, quote, refusing to believe that she was dead. He, He cannot, in this insanely hectic moment process any of that there's no room for that right now because survival is at the forefront so literally he's stuffing her cage away as he is stuffing the reality of her being gone because that's not something that's going to be able to be processed at the moment snaps for that thank you he screams again over the roar of the engine quote hagrid turn around and turn around is all cats Harry. Uh, Hagrid refuses, right? Hagrid knows. How do I put this? Hagrid has experienced this is not this is not his first war, right? Mm-hmm. As awful as that is, he knows what it means to have a mission and by any means get to the end point of a successful mission. So. Harry understands this later and does this later, but Hagrid knows that he has to do whatever he takes, whatever it takes, to get Harry to the safe house, which is the mission. Stick to the mission for the greater good, right? Everybody else in this battle could die, and he would have to be and live with the fact that his mission was to get Harry safe, and if everybody else had to die, that's what it was going to be. Moody was the same way, guaranteed. He died. And I don't think he would have had it any other way. You know? No. Do I yeah. think he wanted to die? No. No. 
but I think he he knew what the cost was and he was willing to, to pay the price. And he did because our friend who was forced into the situation was not ready to pay the price and shouldn't have been forced into the situation in the first place. Mm-hmm. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, shouldn't have, wouldn't have. Just like, was it really worth having seven of them to have one that didn't want to be like, there? Like, you know I truly, I, mean? I truly do wonder if it was literally the thought that that is powerful. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Because I think Voldemort thinks that, seven. you know, about Horcruxes. Right. So why would, why would they not think but that? Like, was it that, was it worth it? You know what I mean? Somebody else would have done it. He could have been with so? the Dursleys. Oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> he could no, but truly, boyfriend could have sat with the Dursleys. Yeah. And what's his face? His name is Daedalus. Mister Diggle. Mister Diggle could have been on a broom. Or Hestia. Jingle jingle of my eyes. Okay. Hagrid opens the throttle. And I was like, I don't know what that means. So here you go. Are you ready for car or motorcycle lessons or whatever? Yes, please. A throttle is a device that controls the quantity of fuel or fuel and air mixture entering an engine. When the throttle is open, more fuel and air is injected into the engine to be burned. The throttle is a valve that directly regulates the amount of air entering the engine. Because knowledge is power. I love that. You're welcome. I've always just like assumed I knew what that meant, but didn't actually know the technical definition, so thank you. Means I knew that it helped <laughs> a car go fast, but yeah, I didn't know what that meant. Throttle make car go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the painful, I mean, obviously a lot of this is painful, but the, one of the most painful things about this chapter that sticks out to me is not necessarily the death of Mad-Eye, because yes, that is painful, but the way that Harry is begging Hagrid to stop and to turn around. Mm. Um, he's That's screaming at him. Is. Yeah. Screaming at him to stop. And he looks and turns around and he sees two jets of green light, AKA Keeling curses. And these flew right past his left ear. Like through Harry's left ear. Super close. Yeah. And I said, Lily's Don't they understand the assignment? <sighs> Foolish. Well, he's with Hagrid, so they're like, I'll give you him. Lily's protection or just a miss? Uh, mm. Just a miss. Lori. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say maybe a little bit of both. I mean, like, if it, it can't be easy to aim in the position that they're in right now. I mean, no. they're flying through the sky. They're mm-hmm. just throwing curses. But, mm-hmm. you know, could people have been in the right spot at the right time due to some extra magic? Maybe. Okay. Was it sheer dumb luck? Could have been. <laughs> what do you think, Katie? Um, I like to think that it's Lily's protection. Because like there's so <laughs> many times. I mean, I think later it's described as like millimeters. It is. It misses him. Mm-hmm. Like in this chapter. And yeah. then again later, of course. But yeah. I just. I always like to use the protection whenever I can. We're aware. <laughs> We're aware. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. 
it. I agree. That was just really funny. <laughs> uh, so, four Death Eaters break away from the circle, and they're pursuing Harry and Hagrid. They're aiming for Hagrid to try and take him out. One, he's driving, and two, he's the largest target. So The fact that they're missing the largest target also, I guess, does say something about their aim. <laughs> stormtroopers. Mm. Yeah, they're stormtroopers. Oh, yeah. Harry has to sink low into the sidecar to avoid the curses that were flying around. He sends back a stupe- stupefy spell, which scatters them, and Hagrid has a plan. Hold on, Harry a little doofrum. Poor Hagrid. <laughs> I, I love, love that. that. Jinx, you on the coke. Oh, yes. Jeez, oh, that was good, Katie. I'm I almost swore. I held it in. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> what did it start with? An S. Ooh. It's buzzy. <laughs> you can yell poop. Poop. <laughs> Harry looked up just in time to see Hagrid slamming a thick finger into a green button near the fuel gauge. So this button releases a solid brick wall out of the exhaust pipe, and Harry peeps to see the wall expand in midair. And I feel like this is kind of interesting. It just, um, you know the fireplace in the Santa Claus, the first one, where it's just like, whoop, yeah, and the kid's like, <laughs> that's how it feels. It's like, goes out and just goes, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I hope you all enjoyed my sounds. That's what made it. <laughs> So it, uh, three Death Eaters swerve to avoid it, but the fourth one flies right smack into it, and his broomstick is shattered and drops like a rock. One Death Eater slows down to save the other. That's almost as tragic as Hedwig, I just want to say. He lost one of the last gifts from his godfather. That is just, like, sucks. I thought you meant the Death Eater that slammed into the brick wall. <laughs> I thought you meant that as well, and I was like, who cares? No, for sorry, one? I meant the... No, the Death Eater's broomstick shatters. Oh. But, he, yeah, Harry, later on... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It. He sets him on fire. I, I just want to say, this was not my ADHD, not paying attention to what you're saying. I was being honest in the chat about the Coke situation because Mia put oh. that you owed Katie... And I said, everyone remember this honesty. I am saying I actually owe Katie, not Tiffany. And it's been fixed. God, thanks for being decent. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Also cat food. Yeah. Moving on. This was not a cat food moment. This okay. was an I'm actually being honest moment, okay. you know. Snaps for Megan again. Thanks. Twice today. I know. Slither snaps. Slither snaps. Quote, more killing curses flew past Harry's head from the two remaining Death Eaters' wands. They were aiming for Hagrid. Harry responded with further stunning spells. Red and green Christmas. collided. I was going to say that. Making Christmas, making Christmas. (laughs) People who don't get that will be like, what's going on? You know what? That's really unfortunate for them. Nightmare Before Christmas, please watch it. Okay. (laughs) Um, They collided in midair in a shower of multicolored sparks, and Harry thought wildly of fireworks and the muggles below who would have no idea what was happening. Welcome to the show. 
Hagrid is ready to speed up again, and he jabs the second button, and there's a large net that bursts from the bike's exhaust, but this time the Death Eaters were ready for it. They all had caught back up, including the unconscious friend that was saved, and he, they're back in action. So, can you imagine... Just getting just knocked out, and then someone's like, Shh, "Wake up!" And then you're like, "All right, I've got a job back, to do. Back to work." <laughs> Gosh. But Hagrid's ready for another trick, and there's a large purple button, and he slams his whole hand on it. The purple button that you can hit on Hagrid's motorbike adventure at Universal. Sometimes, I probably never will do that. <laughs> Because I rode the sidecar once and I'll never ride that ride again. Lori, did you have a hand up? No, no. Oh, I was okay. just imagining. I was pretending that I was slamming the purple button. Good for you. And I couldn't just do it in my head, right? I had to use my whole hand. <laughs> Quote, with an unmistakable bellowing roar, dragon fire burst from the exhaust, white, hot, and blue. And the motorbike shot forward like a bullet with the sound of wrenching metal. Harry saw Death Eater swerve out of sight to avoid the deadly trail of flame, and at the same time felt the sidecar sway ominously. Its metal connections to the bike had splintered with the voice. Voice! The voice! Guys! There's a voice! May the voice be with you. May the voice be with you. (laughs) The force of acceleration. Um, White fire is said to be 3,600 degrees Fahrenheit, which is also 2,000 degrees Celsius. You're welcome. Quite I just really wish that we used Celsius. Do I just, you? yeah, I do. I could. It would just all be the same then. Neither, it's hit or miss for me. Just saying. Do you remember when we drove into Canada for the first time and we were like, "Oh, oh yeah!" Do? But then we I realized was like, I was like, "What is that?" I changed my car to tell me how fast I'm going, and then I realized I found out it was actually quite easy. <laughs> it's a, a push of a button. It's a push of a button. And then I was like, wow, I'm going 100. Um, in my head canon, I don't know how this is possible, but it's magic, so whatever. You're amazing. Um, I think it's a really cool bit of magic to charm Dragon's Fire into the motorbike. Yeah. That yeah. had to have been dangerous to, like, attempt to do. Oh, Arthur. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's good. The, the force of this acceleration... Um, throws Hagrid back with the surge of the sp- of speed, and Harry's like, "This sidecar isn't much for this world." And then the pink umbrella comes out, and he really knows that this is uh, not going to be good. So Hagrid attempts to fix this, and whoops, the daisy! There's a bang, and the sidecar's blasted off. It is no longer connected to the bike. And it starts to drop as gravity works its own magic, if you will, with Harry in it. With Harry in it. And then we get some swish and flick, baby. Yeah, yo. A swish and a flick. In desperation, Harry pointed his wand at the sidecar and shouted, Wingardium Leviosa! <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> and the sidecar rose like a cork, which is funny to me unsteerable but at least still airborne he had but a split seconds relief however as more curses streaked past them the three death eaters were closing in and we want to shout out to sorcerer stone for uh switch and flick 
It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. She's a nightmare, honestly. Three. Ding. <laughs> Death Eaters are approaching. <laughs> Hagrid tells Harry that he's coming, but Harry can feel the sidecar sinking, and he's crouched to avoid the spells, and he has to attack, so he casts Impedimenta and hits the Death Eater that's in the middle, right in the chest piece. Quote, for a moment, the man was absurdly spread eagle midair as though he had hit an invisible barrier. One of his fellows almost collided with him. And I feel like this is a fun little tidbit about uh, invisible barriers coming up because that's a big deal in this book. They're everywhere. Every mm, time we go camping um, with all these safe houses. So I think that's like a really cool little I'm going to put this in there. And because uh, Harry's very confused coming up at the beginning of the next chapter, not only because he has been concussed. Yes. Good okay. job. So, thank you. The sidecar is falling and Hagrid makes it over to him. He pulls Harry out and ca- and Harry casts Confringo to destroy the sidecar. And I, I think that this, the Confringo thing is like hitting two birds with one stone because yes, he has the opportunity. That was really oh, God. <laughs> Hold the phone. Why? So green. So sneaky. That's not what I meant. Hold on. Ew, oh, 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 no, no. You had to use that. That's horrible. Let me explain. Let me explain. I thought that it was... <laughs> Two birds! <laughs> I thought Poor that this Edward. was really cool of Harry because not only does he blast a Death Eater out of the way, but I also do think that he's kind of thinking about the fact that the sidecar can't fall in the middle of this muggle village. It could hurt somebody. So he confringos it to explode it and make it less harmful as it falls. I thought that was cool. That's what I was going to say. Sure. Yeah, sure. Kill two birds with one stone. I was like, yes, he's doing it to blast the Death Eater out of the way, but I do think it has a little bit of a double meaning. Too soon, Meg. (laughs) Because I think it's really cool that he could think that quickly in the moment, and he's thinking of the people that they're flying over. Yeah. Because that could seriously hurt somebody falling. Brandon says we got to add Hedwig to your undesirable list. I love Hedwig. Because you clearly don't like her. (sighs) Hagrid's apologizing. But <laughs> she moves on. They must keep going. And Harry knew Hagrid wouldn't try the dragon fire button again because of what just happened. So he <laughs> was like, he's like on the bike facing backwards so that he can shoot. <laughs> oh, <God>. Terrifying! <laughs> I oh, it really can't is. imagine. I can't imagine. Can you that imagine on your, the ground? Your inner thigh pain for like yeah, for like squeezing the bike. I'd be. I bet he couldn't walk for days. All of them. Magic, Katie. They have magic. Anyway, we're going to just glide right past that. (laughs) Harry keeps using stupefy over and over on Death Eaters, like barely holding them off. But then he sees Stan. Oh, yeah. What you fall over for? (laughs) That is such a stunning moment. Oh, when he sees Stan, Mm -hmm. that's recognition of the humanity of your opponent in wartime ouch oh yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 he sees stan as a fellow person and he can't kill him and that's actually not too different from what's about to happen to voldemort later in this chapter <laughs> and mm-hmm. 
I love um, Harry using these spells, stupefy and impedimenta and expelliarmus, while the Death Eaters are shooting green light at him. That confirms for the reader, okay, whatever this author's endgame is in this volume, Harry's going to have to find a way to beat Voldemort that uses only defensive magic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very much confirming also Lupin's frustration later with him because, granted, he literally technically is still a child in this moment it's he has not yet turned 17 but you're fighting a man's war Mm -hmm. and in a man's war you know we don't use those types of spells which is why he's so frustrated and i think he's also frustrated because i mean obviously harry could die and if he he probably is thinking that he's not properly defending himself in what he thinks is the correct way Mm mm-hmm God, I love that. I love the uh, ideological conflict between Lupin and Snape. Because mm-hmm. Harry's following Snape's teachings. Yes. And that is the bizarre moment that we realize that Snape is more of a pacifist than Lupin is. Yeah. Because yeah. Snape is fighting. Is he fighting a man's war? What is Snape? Whatever Snape is fighting, it's you, on you a different tell level. Me. You tell me. <laughs> and Snape is beyond gender. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Harry casts Expelliarmus, and that confirms it to the Death Eaters. Like, mm-hmm. he is the real Harry Potter. Will you please stand up? <laughs> and then suddenly the Death Eaters are gone. And Hagrid is like, what's happening? And Harry's like, I have no idea. They disappeared. But Harry is like terrified he can like feel the fear just like rippling through him because he can tell that this doesn't feel right something really bad's about to happen yes that's new yeah when is he ever really terrified yeah he always kind of just like takes whatever's thrown at him and just perseveres but like in this moment that caught him off guard. He and has he's time to think. Scared. Time. Yeah. And he's actually afraid. And he heard them say, it's the real one. And he's like, what do they mean by that? How do they know? What are they mm. doing? There's so many levels to the fear. Like yeah. you just said, like what went wrong with this plan? Mm-hmm. And like we go to the borough later, who, who messed up mm-hmm. or who betrayed, right? There's those. It's, it's an onion. Mm-hmm. Layers, layers right there's layers of fear here because it's not only i'm not sure how afraid he is for his life personally right it's others he's scared about but the situation there's that there's who's not maybe not on our side do we have another mm-hmm. wormtail situation going on right now mm-hmm. um hagrid everybody else it's an onion yeah um, and he's just wondering, like, how had they known? And he yeah. climbs around the seat to face forward to hold on tightly to Hagrid and tells Hagrid, <clears throat> tells Hagrid to do the dragon fire thing again. Like, let's get out of here. And Harry feels himself slipping, but he hangs on tight. And then Hagrid, like, feels relief. He's, like, convinced that they lost them. But Harry is not convinced. He still has that fear. And Hagrid says, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. And he feels the bike start to drop a bit. Yeah, but guess what? Things are getting more chaotic. You have a really good section. 
Thanks, you gave it to me. I know. <laughs> I wrote really, it myself. There's a really freaking good section. Oh, Lori has lots to say. I love mm-hmm. all the blue. Okay, let's mm-hmm. go. Let's go. We're going to flow. Okay. Do it. Harry's scar just ignites on his forehead. He's describing it like burning like fire. Lori, I like what you said, so go for it. Oh, God. I love this so much. This moment mm-hmm. when his scar burns, that's because... Horcruxes are soul fragments, and souls want to rejoin and become whole again. So the part of Voldemort that's in Harry's scar is the part of Voldemort that took refuge in a loving being. It doesn't want to kill Harry. It wants to share in the baby, in in the love and healing that the baby Harry had, and then it wants to reunite with Voldemort to share that healing with him. That's what's hurting Harry. Because actually, so you like, sorry, I didn't yeah. interrupt you. But like, you're feeling like that soul fragment is like feeling the remorse it needs to reconnect. Without, not even remorse. It's just that souls, by nature, want to be whole. Yeah, um, that's what Slughorn was yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. Right. And what you have to do to make a Horcrux is that you have to cast a spell on a container that's so magically powerful that it can override the soul's natural tendency to want to reunite. But Harry is... I just okay. had a thought. <laughs> I'm going to finish my sentence and then I want to hear your thought. Harry's, Harry's not a proper Horcrux. Harry was not prepared as a vessel to contain part of Voldemort's soul. And when Mm -hmm. pieces of a soul are close together, they inter like they can sense each other. Mm -hmm. And also if you become too fond of a Horcrux, if you're emotionally attached to it, then it can start to flit in and out of the container. Mm -hmm. And Voldemort is, so obsessed with Harry, he is in fact quite emotionally attached to this piece of soul. Plus, it's not protected like a Horcrux. And the container for this piece of soul is the notoriously unstable kind that's a living being that has its own will. Mm-hmm. And so Harry's, he's a dynamic soul container. Like he, every time Harry feels more love, it heals that bit of Voldemort more. And yeah, and even the Voldemort who was trying to kill baby Harry, he had a part of him that wanted to join and heal instead of to destroy. That's the part that's been sheltering. And that's that's why Harry's scar hurts so much. Tiff, you had your hand up. <laughs> yeah. I also before I say my thought, I wanna I wonder how Voldemort feels whenever he's near Harry. Like what's the equivalent of yeah. his scar hurting? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what does that feel like? Um, Never so, thought of that before. Yeah. He's got to feel something, right? I would think so. Um, okay, so we're talking about, like, super magical objects, right? So we know what the diadem does. Um, we don't know what the cup does. Is that right? Mm-hmm. right? I wonder if it just, like, overpowers Gamp's law with food. Wouldn't that be cool? 
I love that. So, like, whatever you put in the cup, it can just multiply it. And it was so, ma- like, magically like powerful. Forever. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like that totally matches Hufflepuff House. I love Head that. Headcanon accepted. I just think that that's cool. I love that. I love that. Well, maybe it wasn't as groundbreaking as it was in my head, but it was pretty good moment in my own brain. <laughs> no, I like that a lot. Do we know what the locket does? You mean like before it became yeah. a Horcrux? Yeah. Ruins people's lives? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Where is that? Uh, I don't know what the locket does. I don't. Maybe we don't know that. We have to think on it more. Because the know sword takes on it. only what makes it stronger. Right. So maybe we don't know what the locket does either. Hmm. <sighs> I don't know how to follow that up. Okay. More killing curses are coming from behind. There's Death Eaters on either side of them. And this is this is where the curses are missing him by millimeters. Mm. And Protection. Then, yep. And then Harry <laughs> saw him. Quote, Voldemort was flying like smoke on the wind without broomstick or thestral to hold him. His snake-like, snake-like face gleaming out of the blackness. This is the first time we see that he can fly. Yeah. Yeah. With no support, like just his own magic. Mm-hmm. And I think it's in the next chapter that like Kingsley and Remus have this conversation. And they're like, he can he can fly. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't I don't know what to do about this. He can fly. He can That's fly, all I'm thinking of. He can of. fly. He can fly. <laughs> um, I hated this line. It's Hagrid lets out a bellow of fear. That terrifies me. Like, yeah. Hagrid... Hagrid's so sturdy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When have we seen him be afraid of anything? Not really. Like, really afraid. Like, outwardly afraid. Yeah. Well, probably for Grop and Buckbeak. But, like, those are more like a... M- that was more like a mourning sadness or, like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a Not different kind, kind of, of outward... Oh, snap, fear. Yeah. 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 So they go into a dive, and Harry manages to hit a Death Eater with a stunning spell before the bike just starts spiraling out of control. He doesn't know which way is up, which way is down. He's How are they staying on? I don't... Good question. Lily's protection? Sure <laughs> yes. thing. It's all, it's all the protection. <laughs> Maybe there's like, like a magnet the charm. It's the protection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the protection. Um... There's green light everywhere. Harry's fully expecting to die at any second. Um, his scar's still burning. A Death Eater comes up close, about to fire. What does Hagrid do? This dude <laughs> that just bellowed in fear. No fear. Okay? Gryffindor! Right. Launches himself <laughs> off the bike onto this Death Eater, who's just on a broom, and the weight's too much, so they start literally falling out of the sky. Oh, I just had another thought. <laughs> Bring what? it on. <laughs> not in the pond there is no kush mm-hmm. okay um but he's half giant so he's like he's built different right however picture this please close your eyes if you will i need you full in the moment listeners okay. if you're driving please don't do this <laughs> 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 um they haggard is literally on top of this guy falling through the air there's probably some sort of a scuffle mm-hmm. they hit the protection 
Hagrid goes through, this Death Eater bounces off. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Death Eater cannot go through mm-hmm. that barrier. Right. So, <laughs> Does he bounce or does he just sort of slide off? Oh, yeah. like it hit like, I don't know. I pictured like a, like imagine like a big play ball that you just yeah like, yeah like oh, the yeah. sumo wrestler like, like in the, the, the hamster ball type thing too yes. yeah and you just like <laughs> run into people and you're like boing so unfortunately me being me and getting dark i feel like if it is literally a solid barrier that cannot be passed and he and they do hit with force that person is probably unalived yeah, probably. Because to me, it would be like almost like hitting the ground from a fall. But you're Maybe not half giant. Because and I wonder if yeah. the barrier gave... Ha- I mean, we can talk about this later. But I wonder if it gave any Hagrid any kind of cush. But I, I would know. imagine it might have to. Like, they were in the sky. Because, like, how does that work when you go through it? Like, is there something physical that happens? Like, because, you know, like... If you stick your hand in in water, like the water pushes back against you. Mm-hmm. So I just I don't know. Hmm. Thoughts to think. Uh, I'm not a science person, so Oof. I cannot answer these things for sure. But you don't think that they could have taken precautions with casting like a cushioning charm or something? Because like who? I mean, obviously you hope for it to go well, but you don't know. They could have like preemptively placed one. In case that had to be a situation, mm-hmm. I imagine they must have. I'm I'm yeah. still stuck. Like every charm, every possible mm-hmm. protection charm in any sense has right. probably been put on there. I'm still stuck on how that Death Eater must have felt when he throws a curse and then Hagrid jumps off the bike and lands. Can you imagine? <laughs> that's, <laughs> not, that's not how we fight, man. Did that's not, not how we see fight. That coming. Take that that's POV against the rules. That Death Eater. Yeah, it's totally scared. against the rules. <laughs> <laughs> like Kool-Aid, man. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty B.A. It's a Gryffindor move. Mm, that is a very Gryffindor it's dumb, move. dumb, but it's effective and it works. <laughs> and he got lucky. Yeah. So. Um, Harry hears Voldemort scream. Voldemort screams a lot in this mm. even section of the He's chapter. He's so we're frustrated. Yeah. Can you imagine how frustrated this person is? Yeah. Is he a person? Eh, yeah. He <laughs> He's slightly a person. Right? Yeah, he is. <laughs> he screams mine, and Harry thinks it's over. Even now, like, dude, you could have been over with and done with Harry <laughs> if you would have just let anyone else. <laughs> but here's the thing. But there's... There's no time wasted this time, you guys. He's done. He's over it. Mm-hmm. There's no monologue. There's no talking. There's yeah, you're no. Right. He's officially there's no. Point. Yeah, the only thing he says is mine. So Death Eaters will go and not do that because he wants to be the one. Literally, mine, Avada. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. He's done messing around. As he's flying next to Harry. I've been after you for so many years. <laughs> have like a conversation just going. the barrier. Point. I can fly now. Do you see? <laughs> but I also uh. think he's saying mine because he, these Death Eaters are really 
dim about this point that he has yeah. to keep explaining to them, none of you kill him. He's mine. Because <laughs> yeah. so many random Death Eaters almost kill Harry. They don't mm-hmm. understand that Voldemort wants to cast a spell himself. So this is the only person that Voldemort has ever connected with in his life. Literally, he's connected with Harry. If you remember the Golden Dome in Goblet of Fire, he wants to learn what will happen when he connects with Harry again, including if he succeeds in killing him. That's still a form of connection. He doesn't want his Death Eaters taking this moment away from him. Harry is the one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord. There are no others prophesied. Someone else kills Harry. Those potential answers for Voldemort die with him. And then Voldemort faces a really long immortality without those potential answers. So he screams Avada. And then as the pain from Harry's scar forced his eyes shut, his wand acted of its own accord. So how... I'm reading it is that the part of Voldemort's soul in Harry's scar was unusually active and painful in response to that attempted killing curse. And Harry saw a spurt of golden fire and heard a crack, but he didn't know which wand caused it. He only knew that he hadn't done it. Harry is not a true Horcrux. Voldemort did not properly encase that missing bit of soul. Plus, if you get too fond of or dependent on the Horcrux, it flits in and out of you. That bit of Voldemort's soul recognizes Voldemort wants to reconnect and rejects the murderous intent because that that bit of soul rejected that murderous intent in the first place when it took refuge in Harry. That is such a better uh, explanation Mm -hmm. for that happening than it's the twin cores. Because, like, Mm -hmm. it obviously wasn't the twin cores because Voldemort doesn't have that wand right now. Mm -hmm. So it has nothing to do with that. It's the soul-to-soul recognition. I don't know why I was always just so okay with accepting the fact that, like, it was Harry's wand doing something outstanding that he didn't understand. It is, though. You know what I mean? It is the twin cores because... It is? In my opinion, wands are just tools. You know... So Voldemort hears this prophecy that there's this baby that's going to be born, that's going to be the only person in the world powerful enough to vanquish him. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be, so Voldemort believes that means there's something about this person that's going to be born that's going to be the same at the core as Voldemort. So it's almost like the twin core wands were... Uh, just an explanation of like what really was just within them. Like yeah. they are and twin, twin souls. Cores. Twin cores and twin souls almost seems. It's like they they're the hands. same thing. Yeah, and Harry is, when Harry picks up the wand and it responds to him in Ollivander's shop, he is powerful enough to take on this fight. Mm-hmm. But they don't really become twin cores until Voldemort takes Harry's blood which is his acceptance of the fact that in his opinion, Harry is equal to him. He's not, he doesn't want anyone else's blood. Nobody else's blood is good enough. It has to be this kid. He's conferring power onto Harry by his own identification. Meanwhile, Harry's like just a kid, right? But so, so now Harry is protecting part of Voldemort's soul 
that Harry didn't ask for, that Voldemort's soul just wanted, you know, went to him for protection. And Voldemort has just reconfirmed that he thinks Harry is powerful and has something that he doesn't. Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it? How would it come in handy? Maybe you have an upcoming international trip. Maybe you want to connect with family and friends, learn about a new culture, want to understand certain pop culture things. Well, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. And guess what? It's available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 language, languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. These are just some of the examples of languages that you can learn. Fast language ac acquisition. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in so many ways. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. It's designed for long-term retention, and it's got built-in true accent features to give you feedback on your pronunciation. It's kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's also really convenient, and I'm really excited that there's an app. There's an app option, and you could also use it on your desktop. It's got an audio companion, and it's the ability to download lessons so you can do this offline. And it's at an amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and languages needed in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off. It's a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Swish and Flick listeners will get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off for unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. If you're a muggle like me and you don't have Molly Weasley cooking for you every day, then you need to listen to this. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. Let me tell you guys, they are absolutely delicious. I have not met a factor meal yet that I didn't like. And my favorite is the jalapeno grilled chicken, cheddar cheese. Oh, it's so good. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what are you waiting for, guys? Two-minute meals, fuel up fast with Factors, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They've got snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, 
like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. Done the math for you. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Flexible for your schedule? Get as much or as little as you need by choosing from 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or you can reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, no cleanup, all of that. Head to factormeals.com slash flick50 and use code flick50 to get 50% off. That's code flick50 at factormeals.com slash flick50 to get 50% off. He needs by taking on his blood so that he can get back into a body which he can't make on his own. He believes that he and Harry are the same at the core. It's just, mm -hmm. it's his belief that makes it. It's not, it doesn't matter what wands they're using. The wands are connecting only because Voldemort believes this and is sending his magic through the wands. You know, okay. so the wands having, you know, some sort of magical memory, then since they have faced off in battle before and connected before, then they have more affinity now. But yeah, they're, right. they're just tools. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's just that Voldemort thinks that this guy, Harry, has something. And Harry, having had to fight him so many times, understands him a lot better than people who haven't had to fight him. Yeah, and I've always kind of been, had, like, the thought that, yeah, it's, it's the twin cores. But when you go, like, when I, every time I go back and read, I'm like, the wands recognize because they're like part of you like right. yeah they're tools but they do connect with you right they're they choose the wizard right so to me it would be like the wand still being in possession of its master the og master and being like i'm not gonna attack my own master yeah with the soul recognition i guess that's where my brain always goes to and also because um that master, Voldemort, his soul is divided about what he wants. Part of his mm. soul wants to kill Harry, the part that's still in his body. And part of his right. soul that's in Harry does not want to kill Harry. <laughs> um, or, or knows that that would be killing himself. It's You think it recognizes that? Yeah. Because Harry himself is doing nothing in this conflict. He's just sort of cowering while all of this magical powerful terrifying stuff is happening to him and through him mm -hmm. and like the wand is doing it on its own yeah i have a question because it's not uh magic in out in the open jets of light sparks when do we ever see fire described with spell work because this is golden fire a spurt of golden fire. Yep. That's the connect. Yeah. That's the this, connection yeah. between so the two souls that makes gold. That's alchemy. Is that specific to this? Yes. One case. This is yeah. the one time that we see Voldemort not on purpose making alchemical gold. 
No, it's not. It's not the one time. It's the second time. The first time was when he and Harry connected in Goblet of Fire and they made the Golden Dome. There was like it fire. Was it described as fire? No, no. The fire, the fire is specific to this. I feel like, the, the, yeah, I feel yeah. like this is a one-off thing. Kind of like the situation with Voldemort and Harry. That, right. that goes beyond any magic that's ever been right. produced before. So the golden fire, to me, seems specific to this one. This one. Yeah, no, you're yeah. right, you're right. Yeah. Definitely gold has been used as a scripter, but yeah. But not fire. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong, people. Search your Kindles. That's the easiest way. Maybe that's the part where there is no phoenix feather involved in Voldemort's wand because it's not about resurrection. It's, it's Harry's phoenix. <laughs> yeah. He's the only He's got the phoenix. Woo! It's getting talk, steamy guys. up in here, yeah. Good couldn't. Um, I like that you guys brought that up because I looked up just some things that I found in the internet about why Harry's wand would act on its own, like what other people had to say. Mm -hmm. um, people said because Harry's a horcrux, so that part of the soul inside him wanted to defend him. Um, another one said Harry's wand recognized he was being attacked by Voldemort, wands share the same core, and that Harry's wand absorbed Voldemort's power in the graveyard. It's not, about they're that. not the same core, though. He has Lucius's wand. I know. Yeah. I know. So that one didn't sit well with me. And then, due to the unique con connection between himself and Voldemort, his wand had sensed Voldemort's presence both as brother and mortal enemy and reacted, despite the fact that Voldemort was using another wand at the time. But I like what was discussed before this, but I thought I would still just no, go bring ahead. those yeah. up. I, I, I like love the, the, the whole his soul is recognizing himself like Voldemort Voldemort's soul is recognizing and saying not today yeah yeah no thank you you're yeah. not gonna do this today and defending and like rejecting his intent I think love that the reason that the soul dies later when Harry gives himself up is because it felt the love and everything it needed and knew it needed to die you mean you think it understood as Harry understood. Yeah. And that's why it was allowed later. That's why Harry was potentially Because like, I wonder okay, no, so why he was that's why that's that's why he died because that piece of soul didn't attack back at that time in the forest because Harry accepted he had to die. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so, I explain things really bad. No, so. are you no, are I you are you asking like like, why didn't this happen again in, yeah. the, in, for, in the Forbidden Forest? Yeah. I think it's because... No, that's not what I was thinking. But go oh. on. Yeah, I think it's... If that is what we're talking about, then it... Maybe. As Laurie was saying, it was like taking on the love that Harry just possesses, that Voldemort can't, and also recognize that, Harry, that this part of him needed to die. I don't know. I Maybe the piece of Voldemort's soul like knew what was going to happen, and it and it was like this is the right time. I've accepted this, and we're going to go through with it because he will be able to come back. You know what I'm saying? So here's another question for you. We know that these souls they flit around, right? They're like birds. <laughs> Can Voldemort's soul? become attached to 
Harry's container because it's giving it what it's it's never had. Harry knows love. Harry understands yeah. love. Harry has friendship. Yeah. Like, I wonder, like you said, because... But then it also makes that piece of soul more unpredictable, right? Because <laughs> then something like this happens because yeah. it's not the proper... Like Lori was saying, like it... Like, it wasn't prepared as a vessel for a horcrux, right? So, like, it's an unpredictable vessel to hold a horcrux. So the horcrux itself, the piece of soul itself can become unpredictable and lash out against Voldemort in the way that it just did. Like, no, I'm rejecting this. You're not doing this because it is not in, like, a case that it should be. Brie said container. It's a, he's a danger to his container. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. But it also makes me think, like, Lori, you, I think you said you, just this evening, like, Harry's not a good old run-of-the-mill horcrux, right? He's a different sort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> run-of-the-mill um, <laughs> And it also makes me wonder, because Avada <laughs> destroyed... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know that was gonna be so good. <laughs> that one landed. Are you thinking of friends? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Anyways, run of the mill. You know, because <laughs> um, Avada destroys that Horcrux bit. Like, is that a spell that could be used? Just like, could we be casting Avada to get rid of Horcruxes? Hmm. But you're just, like, not thinking about it? Like, nobody's thinking to try that? Yeah. Yeah, why not? I mean, not? if it destroys because... Harry, the one that's inside of Harry, yeah. is it because Harry's is not properly contained, right? He was a mistake. It wasn't, like, a proper horcrux, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is that why Avada worked? Or were, could we just be out here casting green light at stuff and just getting our, getting our tasks done? We don't so... have to wait for a sword. <laughs> <laughs> So my take on why that part of the soul dies in the forest, I think it's foreshadowed here. Voldemort has cast Avada Kedavra at Harry and something in Harry is powerful enough to shoot it back. So we, we already know that defensive magic can be more powerful than a killing curse. And at this point, when... Uh, Voldemort and Harry are doing person-to-person battle. Voldemort has most of his soul. He's much more powerful than Harry. By the time they face off in the forest, most of Voldemort's soul has been destroyed. And we see that through Deathly Hallows, that as each Horcrux gets destroyed, Voldemort becomes weaker and weaker. And Harry gains the upper hand. Harry is able to go in and out of Voldemort's mind at will. And Voldemort has no way of knowing what Harry's thinking. So by the time they're facing off in the forest, there's very little of Voldemort left. Mm -hmm. And Harry, um, I mean, this is partly wand lord. Like Harry is the real owner of the Elder Wand. And Voldemort's using the Elder Wand to try to kill Harry here. But the real owner, Harry, is deciding that for the sake of the people that he wants to protect, he's going to let Voldemort kill him. And that is the kind of protective magic that the Elder Wand would recognize. You know, aside from the fact that the Elder Wand has decided a long time ago that Draco and then Harry 
are more powerful than Voldemort anyway, because they both understand protective magic. Mm-hmm. But at this point, Harry's soul is completely intact. Voldemort is hardly there at all. He owns the Elder Wand. He's doing something. He's sacrificing himself to protect others. His decision to accept self-sacrifice and to let the killing curse from Voldemort work on him is way, way more powerful than anything that Voldemort is sending his way. So the Elder Wand is doing what its true owner is asking it to do. All right. All right. Amy Lou Mary Sue said this made me laugh a lot. Voldemort near the end of Deathly Hallows. Is someone destroying my horcruxes or seasonal allergies? (laughs) (laughs) He can't feel it. I mean, that's the thing that's that's the thing that freaks out Voldemort so much. He made it so that he can't feel any of his soul fragments in the horcrux containers. And then they get destroyed and he doesn't feel it. And he goes, why can't I feel it? Surely I would feel it. No, duh. <laughs> you were too good. No. Yeah, yeah. Call me well, it's, he, we can call him anything we want at that point. He can't fight back. True. So, yeah. So um, he is inadvertently producing alchemical gold. This is a throwback to Gulpalot's Law, third law from Half-Blood Prince, which I love. The Mm -hmm. antidote to a blended poison, or in other words, a defense against complex dark magic, it has to contain antidotes to every ingredient plus an added component that will, by an almost alchemical process, transform these disparate elements. So uh, Voldemort has made Harry into his equal and then some. Because what Harry has that Voldemort recognized and went to him for is uh, the added component of protective love. That's mm-hmm. what can fight Voldemort's Avada Kedavra, which has never failed against anyone else. So I'm almost laughing at Voldemort, thinking it would work to use Lucius's wand. It's sort of like, hey, if I just pretend to be someone else, magic will never notice. Yeah, <laughs> right? Honestly. Like, okay, yeah, wands are just tools. Voldemort's belief is that Harry is the person in the world with the power to vanquish him. Uh, No matter what wands they're using, a wand will take its cue from that belief of Voldemort's as he sends his magic through it. And Lucius Malfoy's wand cannot withstand pieces Mm -hmm. of Voldemort's soul being in internal conflict. It is the location for Voldemort's inner conflict. Yuck. Poor, poor wand. So, mm-hmm. you know, no chance. Like, you know, what's going on here? Voldemort's like, part of me wants to kill Harry Potter and part of me doesn't. <laughs> and, you know, there goes the wand. So as long as part of Voldemort's soul is in Harry and can cast magic to connect with the rest of Voldemort's soul, Voldemort cannot completely want to kill Harry and this is the point that this chapter makes for me. We all know that unforgivables only work if you really mean them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Bellatrix, for that knowledge. Yeah. <clears throat> Bellatrix, <laughs> thank you. Oh, Bella. <laughs> Who thought you'd say that tonight? <laughs> right, or ever. Um, okay, so... 
There's this golden fire, right? Mm. Katie. <laughs> <laughs> like, so back to the fire. <laughs> I just gotta, I gotta re- 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 recap a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so there's golden fire, there's a crack, there's another scream from Voldemort this time. Just absolute fury. Um, a Death Eater yells, Voldemort screams at them, no, because again, it's his kill, no one else's, and Harry punches that purple dragon fire button again, and heads right for the ground. Um, so he's trying to Accio Hagrid, which is like, adorable. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> but, but does that also save him? Maybe it does. All of this is happening very fast, and I wonder if that has power to pull him back. Just enough. Just enough to where, you know... Soften the blow that he undoubtedly took. Yeah. I like that. Um, So he can't see anything except the lights on the ground's getting closer. He's absolutely going to crash. There's nothing he can do about it. Maybe he should have, like, frozen the bike. Like, impedimented the bike. Oh, maybe. To try to catch him? No, no to stop the bike. Slow yeah. the bike down. Oh. Yeah. oh Resto yeah, momentum. On it. Come on, bro. Well, you have to remember, too, how fast this is all I happening. Mm-hmm. It's amazing they survived. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought about any of this. So he hears Voldemort scream, Again, your wand, Selwyn. Give me your wand. Give me my wand, Tom. So that is like our confirmation that Lucius's wand has been destroyed. Uh, yeah. 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 Cracks. Blown to smithereens. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously we've been watching that movie a lot. <laughs> Terrible news, news folks. <laughs> <laughs> Lucius is one. Blown to smithereens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, I'm really we... sorry if you don't know what we're talking about. Uh, and you... again, I say, that's on them. Watch Nightmare Before Christmas and you'll understand. Like, right now. <laughs> um, we will see Selwyn again at the ambush at the Lovegood's house later on. Ah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know that name. I know. Mm. I wanted there to be, like, something more because, like, Voldemort just called this person, this Death Eater, out so by name. Think that it would, like, be yeah. foreshadowing to something. Yeah. But yeah. it just foreshadows that we're going to see him again. Maybe it's just because so. it's a cool name. I guess. And she liked it. I don't Selwyn. Know. Selwyn. Is that his last name? I'm assuming. Yeah. Probs. Yeah. What's Selwyn's first name? I'm sure that it's on the wiki. Is it Bobby? Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Selwyn. <laughs> what? I just like saying Bobby like that. <laughs> Bobby. 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 Do you want to know this is really random? I, I do. I probably shouldn't say know. it, but it's fine because, you know, this is Swish and Flick. I bought a book today at the library because you know how they, like, have the little book sale all the time? That, books are, that like, 50 cents. felt weird in my head. I know. Yes. It, it, they're, like, 50 cent about. books or whatever. And I bought a Greyfriars Bobby book yes. for Evie to that's read. It's a, a good movie. A who? Greyfriars Bobby. That's a Disney movie. A little dog from Scotland. No, it's a real story. Yes, that. But that is also a Disney movie. You're right. I forgot it. Google it. But it's also a good movie. It's sad and it's a dog? It's like cool sad, though. What? Yeah. Well, go read it and you'll find out. I don't think we know Selwyn's first name, by the way. It's Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. 
Robert <laughs> Robert Selwyn. That sounds totally accurate. Sounds legit to me. It is. Anyway. Finish this out, my love. Oh my god. So Harry feels Voldemort before he sees him. Is it the, those souls speaking to each other? Soul speak. Soul connection. Soul speak. It's the soul connection. <laughs> it's the poor crux connection <laughs> between Voldemort and Harry. <laughs> they are no. <laughs> no. Forever. We are so over time. Voldemort pops up. He's like, hey, soul sister. <laughs> oh, why? Come on. That was funny. That was good. <laughs> Oh my god. But this is terrifying though. He looks sideways and stares right into Voldemort's red eyes. I would be like, Ugh! right? <laughs> it's like that Michael Myers thing. Oh, in the car? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's pretty sure that's the last thing he's ever going to see. And Voldemort's getting ready to curse him. Then he vanishes. Harry looks down. Vanishing. Sees Hagrid on the ground. Swerves just in time to avoid hitting him unlike the person who hit our car yesterday, Saved and crashed right into a muddy pond. Can I say something really cool? Yeah, of course. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I don't think that I am, though. Um, the you next time that Harry and Voldemort actually look into e each other's eyes, it's in the final duel. Ooh. Mm. I mean, because that sounds right to me. When, they, when Voldemort um, <laughs> does a surprise <laughs> visit at uh, Godric's Hollow, he doesn't. They don't look each other in the eyes. He only sees Harry as the older man running away. Yeah. Um, and then I, yeah, I think you're right. But I think, I think it's now and at the very end. All right, lightning bolt round. We have Dusty Fur asks, "Do you? <laughs> I don't know how you can like this per se, but mm. it's. In, do you like?" the change of Hedwig's death in the movie? Like, do you prefer how it happened in the movie versus the book? Am I being dark and honest? Be, yeah, be honest. I think it's way sadder, more emotionally connected in the book because, I mean, we talked about how, like... She didn't get that chance. She never had her last flight that he had been promising her, and it's just, that's the sadness of war, and that's the realness of it. Yeah. I'm going to say I like the movies better because she got her last flight <laughs> and was protecting Softy. Harry. But as far as like realness, the book. I she mean, both sides. it's different. Yes. It's different <laughs> messages. It's like they kind of changed the end message. Um, yeah. But I do think that the book is sadder. So, you know, got to go with that. Lori? Lori, do you have a preference? This is one of those things. How I want to see Hedwig served up. Yeah. Served up. This is one of those rare times when I like the movie version equally, and I'm glad to have both of them. Mm -hmm, but yeah. also, by this time, by the time that the seventh movie has been made, um, all of the books have been out for a while, and the phenomenon yeah. of Harry Potter fan fiction has taken over the world. 
the concept that there's more than one way to get the emotional truth of a story. You can go for different plot details. That's been completely established, like in the world we live in. And I like that the movie version brings more Snape into it. <laughs> of course you do. I do. I do. Uh, Arsenic Rose. This is just kind of for fun. Funsies. Sure. What would you have added to Hagrid's bike? Ooh. A oh, net. I know. Throw a net out. They did. They did. Oh, they did. I just remembered the brick wall. Are you here? Cat food. <laughs> Cat food. Cat How food. many times have I read this stinking book? Okay, now I gotta think again. Okay, I, guess, I, was, I guess that wasn't original. <laughs> net. Look how clever I am. <laughs> now I'm gonna come up with something real wild. Okay, I was gonna say one of the things that you get in in Mario Kart to like float and fly. You know how that like, you can pick your different whatever the top sail thing oh. is. Yeah, a yeah. parasail. Yeah, I was gonna say that. But like it's a pink umbrella. Some red <laughs> oh. turtle shells. Red turtle shells. <laughs> yeah. I love that. No, the blue one with the spikes the, heading straight get the first for place Voldemort. One. Yeah, that's Voldemort's first place. <laughs> Flying In- squirrels. Inky. Flying squirrels. Flying squirrel. What do they do? Attack. Fly. The Sugar gliders. <laughs> you imagine scratches. <laughs> yeah, Eye infections. Eye infections. Exactly. Take them down. Oh Small God. and mighty. It's very good. Okay, I'm kind of combining these questions. This is Dustifer and Katie K because they're they're kind of similar. Uh, if you were Harry, would you have killed the de- that Death Eater? And then Katie follows up with, "What spell would you be using during this chase?" Well, I would. Sorry, I'd be unaliving people as much as I could. So green spells only. Yeah, <laughs> same. I'd be I using mean, tickling charms. <laughs> Catherine, what if you're tickled that bad you're gonna fall off that yeah that's, that's true that's actually that ain't me i just made you happy for a second <laughs> dark that's freaking that's dark dark yeah. <laughs> that's a better way to go katie the torture behind that <laughs> do you even know her man <laughs> if i'm being honest i probably would be throwing crucios because that gives them pain so Katie is making them happy and laugh before they die. It makes them feel and pain and probably fall off the broomstick. Be like, Avada, well, it wasn't me. Want the, it was Avada's no pain. Over. No yeah. pain, no gain. They didn't learn their lesson. No pain, they no need pain. to learn their lesson before they die and fall to their death. You guys are so Crucial. meant for each other. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, I would have killed that Death Eater. Absolutely. Oh my god. Ding dong, the so Death Eater's dead. Katie also <laughs> is saying that she would unalive that Death Eater. She I did would not. just do it with a tickling. No, charm. but you would say they would fall off, ma'am. If they can't hold on tight, that's not my fault. <laughs> I'm tickling them. <laughs> is that how you get through with your days? I didn't kill them. They fell. I didn't kill them. All I did was tickle them. <laughs> Is that a crime? <laughs> are you going to try to send me that Azkaban over tickling? Becca C says, wow, are you all right, Katie? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <sighs> tickling is a form That's... of torture. So you're yes, both torturing people before they're dead. 
though. No pain, no gain. <laughs> no pain, no gain. <laughs> Learn your lesson. Oh, no, I you're dead. I stand by what I said. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, thank That's you, Marguerite. Like that, was a way to great, end it. that was great. Uh, my face hurts now. I didn't make them die. <laughs> oh, my stomach hurts. Okay. Well, can you read us a fan story, please? <laughs> yeah, I apologize to this person who's now following up what we just talked about. But Okay, this is from Ashlyn Knowles from July of 2019. Oh, simpler times. Uh-huh. Ashlyn says, hi, ladies. My name is Ashlyn Knowles, and while my Potter story isn't especially interesting, I wanted to share it for the simple fact that you guys really brought me back to my roots, scraping roots, <laughs> and helped me remember why I first fell in love with this fandom as a kid. I'm a proud Gryffindor. My wand is made from firwood with a unicorn hair core, three and three quarter inches. <laughs> Thirteen and three quarter inches. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm so sorry. 13 and 3 quarter inches long. <laughs> what is wrong with that? I don't know. My Patronus is a fox. That's super cool. And my Ilvermorny house is Puckwudgie. Oh, Ilvermorny. Remember that? Yeah, right? Remember that blipping time? I started reading Harry Potter in the third grade because I was forced to read to get reading points for school. I liked the book, but as a hyper little ADHD kid, I just couldn't focus on the content of the story. To help me stay on track, my mom would rent the audio tapes from my local library so that I could read along with the narration. The best way to do it. Tapes. This is when I fell in love. Thanks, Mom. I quickly read the first four books and watched the first three movies as they were released, but before the Order of the Phoenix book came out, my, quote, friend started making fun of me for liking Harry Potter. Yeah, that's right. You put that in quotations. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. To avoid being teased, I nearly completely walked away from the, a series that I loved. I watched the first three movies whenever they were playing on ABC Family, but other than that, I would barely consider myself a real Potter fan. Shout out to, to ABC, ABC Family. <laughs> Freeform. Fast forward 11 years to when I met my husband in college. He has always encouraged me to be who I truly am, and through that, I found my way back to the Potterverse. He brought me the f he bought me the full eight movie Blu-ray set for Christmas. That's a nice. good set, and we binge watched them all one weekend. Watching the movies rekindled my love for the Wizarding World. I couldn't wait to get my hands on the books again. I reread the first four books and read the last three for the first time. And although I knew how it was going to end from watching the movies, I was still in awe of all the magic and and detail the author put into the books. I'm now following you guys through the series for my third full reread, along with planning my fourth trip to Universal Studios in September. Mm. I'm originally from Florence, Alabama. Shout out to Florence. But recently Aww. had to hey, move there's to... There's Florence, Kentucky, too. We've mm. driven through it a couple times. There... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember that. But recently had to move to a small town in Tennessee for my husband's job, and because of that, I have a really long commute to work. My hour and a half drive went from dreadful to delightful when I found Swish and Flick. Aww. Aww. You guys are so entertaining to listen to, and each episode is so immersive that I almost feel as if I'm sitting in Tiffany's basement with you guys, actively participating in the conversation. I absolutely love that you guys always spread positivity and acceptance through multiple media outlets where so many others are often negative and nasty. 
I struggle to even find the words to truly express the gratitude that I, and I'm sure so many others, have for what you guys are doing. You really are making a difference in the lives of many wizards and muggles alike. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you, Ashlyn. <clears throat> also, I love the super beginning of your story, how your mom encouraged you to like keep going with them with the audio tapes, because that is what my mom did, too. That's audio awesome. Audio tapes. Oh, you're having a problem reading? <laughs> Let's try it this way. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. I love that. I also, loved listening and reading along at the same time. It's like so immersive. Mm-hmm. Listening to reading is a very good thing. You know, you, you, um, especially if you have it in front of you and you're doing like the tandem, um, that definitely helps kids and adults. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Ashlyn, for your story and for your extremely kind words. That made my whole day. Yes, it was very nice read. I have a frog joke. Of course you do. What Give type? It to me. What type of shoe do frogs wear? Cro- croaks. No, but that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Open-toed sandals. <laughs> <laughs> I like croaks. Croaks. They're offering crocs. Uh, if it went <laughs> if wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you had to look up a joke because you didn't bring a joke book? Why you gotta call me out like that? I was gonna tell another joke. Now I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome for the content. If you'd like to follow myself and Katie, we're on Instagram and TikTok at the Petrus Family. Tiffany is on Instagram and TikTok at tiffswish underscore flick. And Lori. I am at lorikim.com, L-O-R-R-I-E-K-I-M. And I'm also Lori Kim on Blue Sky. What? I was going to say lorikim.com like and then I, I got nervous that it was like .net or something and I didn't know. <laughs> 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 .org. Blue Sky is like Twitter without Elon Musk. Nice. Yes. Got it. Got it. It should be lorikim.edu because you're just so educational in all the ways you blow our minds. And does that mean I get tax exempt? Yes. I'm up for it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Taxes, man. What's up? <laughs> what, is, what have you What have you done What's lately? Good. Um, uh, reading. Oh yeah, your witchy again, book. So I get it right. Your witchy book. My witchy book. I'm reading. Ooh, that's Spotify. Reading a nonfiction book. I will say, um, if you struggle with nonfiction, this one's probably not for you. <laughs> uh, it's kind of dry but i really like it because it's uh lots of facts and then the speculating is based on facts which so it's called a storm of witchcraft and it's about the salem witch trials and so like when i'm talking about the speculation about what led to the witch trials all of it is like recorded facts about the people and what they were doing um, and their relationships with each other and 
native people to our lands and and whatnot and kind of like what could have led such a disgraceful downfall of the time which it was just boom 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 happened so fast Hmm. so fast um but yeah so i'm reading that and slowly but surely i'm still trying to get through um business or pleasure i enjoy it it's just hard for me to like sit down and read it so oftentimes um when putting alana to bed scratch her back we do our questions oh by the way if you have children or even your significant other we do what was good for you today what was tricky for you today and what you're looking forward to tomorrow and we do that mm-hmm. every night i like that um and after we do her question she always goes are you gonna read your book <laughs> yeah I'm gonna read my book. <laughs> <laughs> i was like i love reading and she's really getting into reading and you know what is really cool I've been reading her, um, they novelized Hocus Pocus, and it's a very large book. Mm. It's beautiful. And the cover actually looks like the cover in the movie when the movie's starting, like that red book. Yeah. Um, There are illustrations, but they're kind of few and far between. But she's looking at the pages as I'm reading to her, and she's picking out words. Oh, and my. she noticed that Allison's name starts with the same way that hers does, A-L-L. Mm-hmm. And she picked up and um, decoded Max's name and then pointed mm. out all Max's name on the page. She's going to be reading before I know it. That's so cool. Yeah, I also can't spell anything anymore because Marty and I were talking mm-hmm. about how a dog bit someone the other day and I spelled B-I-T. And she goes... I'm pausing and looking. A dog bit someone, and I was like, "Jeez, Louise, did you decode that?" She decoded in her head, and she blended in her head because she does know her letter sounds very well. That's so cool. Nothing is safe. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. She's getting smart. She she's just she's brilliant. I love it. Who's Jeez. next? Oh, I guess it's me, it's right? It's not me. Sorry. Um, I read the entire The Summer I Turned Pretty trilogy last weekend. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the show, and I liked the show a lot, but there's, like, just so much unnecessary drama, but, like, also, it's a drama TV show, so I get it. Um, but I felt like it the whole story felt so much more realistic to me in the book. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. And it makes me excited for the next season of the show. Cause I'm just excited to see how they've, how they round it out. Uh, and I started the secret society of very irregular witches and I am enjoying it. I'm like maybe 20% in, but it's just like cute and cozy. And it's not what I expected it was going to be. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what I expected. It's but fun it's not to not have something be predictable like that and then enjoy yeah. it. Exactly. But when you don't enjoy it, you're like, ah. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. Like it. I'm still reading it. I'm listening to it. It's good. Kate. Um, I finished Empire of Storms. Ooh. And I started Temple of Dawn. Tower of Dawn. Oh I was going to say Tower Temple of Dawn. of Dawn. Sorry, Tower of Dawn. Temple of Dawn. Uh, and it's really good so far. I'm just really in the beginning, but I only have 
two books left of this massive series. My goal is basically just to finish it by the time the next Crescent City comes out, which I think I'll be fine. But that's my Hurry goal. up. I know. Those are thick girls. I know. Yeah. But they're so good. They're so good. But I'm like doing regular treadmill stuff, like walking, so that I can listen then, which is nice. Are you treadmilling at like apartment gym? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep, I am brisk walking because my knee is a weak B and it needs to get its <laughs> I stuff love that together. you edited B, but not the other. <gasps> <laughs> you didn't realize that? <laughs> we, we, we haven't talked about working out for a minute, have we? Uh, no. I think people like that. Um, I've just been physical therapying it up, really. Yeah. Just trying to get my knee to bend properly and make it strong again so that I can start jogging again and, you know, get back to what I like doing. Yeah. I've been lifting still. Um, I've been doing Peloton a lot. I still have Beach Body, which is now b- Body. Body. I don't know. They wanted to get away from Beach Body. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't know how I feel about it anymore. I love their products still. But um, I really like Peloton. I really like Peloton. I really like Callie. She's my favorite trainer. Um, I like their stuff a lot. So I've been doing that. <coughs> yeah. I put that on my Instagram, though. So if you like want to take a specific workout that I do, um, I post it to my stories, and you can look it up on Peloton. That's super cool. Yeesh. I like that. Lori, do you have anything you want to share? Oh, I am... 200 pages from the end of The Running Grave. What's that? That is the new Cormoran Strike, Robert Galbraith novel that came out. As of recording, it came out like a week ago. Oh, really? I'm so disconnected from that. Yeah, it's 900 and some pages long. And I am really panicked and sad that I'm only 200 pages from the end that I'm trying to slow down, but I'm also speeding up at the same time. And I think it's so funny that I'm having that response to this doorstop. Yeah. And also, as with everything new from this author that I've read since 2019, you know, I approach it with my mixed feelings about her. Right. And with most of the stuff I've read from her since then, I get I come to that point where I think, she can write. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She can. Yeah. She can. She still can. Yeah. Yeah. Not to get into any of that, but like, my heart is so broken still. I know. And I, know. I wish that she would mend it. It's a hard thing to think and talk about. Kind of makes me want to cry. I know. And I don't want to cry, because we had so much fun today. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody won bingo, unfortunately. What is up with you guys? No. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, if they're not getting bingo, it's, it's us. our fault. <laughs> That's true. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Honey hut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, Taylor Swift. How do we, oh my wow, gosh. I didn't mention Taylor Swift this whole episode. Terrible. You know what? I almost did, too, because we were talking about Twin Flames. Yeah. Oh, holy smokes. Look how close that is with Puff and Griff. Six points. Dying. Jeez, look at Slytherin. Yeah, you guys suck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> More like slackerins. <laughs> Sorry. Katie. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Well, thank you, Lori. Wait, you didn't say anything oh. about the house cup. Sorry. Raven You're just like, first. oh, dang. <laughs> I know. We just comment because we're like, Ravenclaw, it. Hufflepuff, and Gryffindor are all very close. Yeah. Ravenclaw is in first by 4,500. Hufflepuff, second, 4,216. And Gryffindor, 4,210. So, like, only six points. And I'm just not going to talk about fourth place. 2,605. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> you guys do need more snakes. Hey, guys, seriously, like, become a patron, support us, and then have fun too. Like, yeah, it's a win-win. You guys, come on, <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> recruit your local snakes. Honestly, go out like, into your garden, whisper to your friends. Go hashasha, please. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> yeah, Thank Larry, you. you. You're so nice to let me come on and shoot my mouth off. Thank you so we much. Love it. We it's love fun. having you on. Yeah. You always blow our minds sometimes. Some like how, some way. Some you way. always blow our minds sometimes. I meant some way. Whatever. <laughs> and you put up with us. Yeah. So Alright, so what are we what are we thinking? What's the next uh What's the next Lori Kim chapter? Mm. What do you think, Lori? I have a list somewhere. I think it's sure. not Jeez, the yeah, one after this, totally but the list. one the next one after. Let me see. What chapter is that? Pull we'll probably see you again before the end of the year. Ghoul in oh. pajamas or the Will oh my God. Albus? No, no, it's it's the Ghoul in pajamas because that's the one where um, Hermione explains how to reconstitute a soul. Okay. Oh. Yeah. It's a date, baby. All right. Yep. We'll let you know whenever. Did I do that? No, I didn't do those yet. No. That'll probably be. You just did the the next one, I think. The next chapter. Yeah. I'll let you know. As okay. soon as I'm finished with them, I'll send them your way. Woo. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, This episode should be for Katie's sass. Mm. Okay. <laughs> you were just a little sassy tonight. I enjoyed it. Thank you. What but I mean that in a positive way. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I just felt sassy. I guess. I don't know. Went from Tin Man to Sassafras. We'll take it. Yeah, maybe it started because you called me Tin Man. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Oh, I love All you right. too. This one's for Kate. Katie Sass. Thank you. I feel honored. You should. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing! Look at my voice! <laughs> We're on the pod! <laughs>
Which is funny because I feel like Katie swears the most. I do, yeah. She oh, does. put a note in for Bev. Can someone, Bev, can you just <sighs> boing that funnily? Because. Funnily. Funnily. We yeah. only do backwards thrust here. Okay. Right. Desserts. Desserts. Because Katie's so quiet <laughs> and you're so loud. <laughs> My voice doesn't carry tip. That wasn't, yeah. that was no dish on you. I was a cheerleader in high school. <laughs> okay, I was trained this way. I was a cheerleader <laughs> for one year in grade school. Can you believe it? Well, you're also loud. This is true. <laughs> All right. I'm my own cheerleader. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.